Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. special hey cloud to all you citizens of midgar out there it's the one and only sacred icon podcast where we talk all things halo but if you're tuning into this episode you're tuning in to oddball where we talk about thingies outside of the halo universe all right everyone let's mosey it's summer which means it's swamp sweaty season which means we are broadcasting live from costa del sol for a nice breather as we discuss all things Final Fantasy VII. I'm your co-host Zach Fair here to occasionally scream out, Angel! But joining with me as always is my buddy, my pal, and my friend, oh shit, it's Mr. Dirge of Cerberus himself, ladies and gentlemen, Vincent Valentine, a.k.a. Brian! So the crowd's like, are you ready for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth? <laughs> like oh my god! Video. <laughs> put it in! Put it in! Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, guys, so we have had this episode in the back burner for months, and we actually were planning to like finally get it done here this weekend, and it worked out perfectly. We didn't plan it, so... Uh, these new, what, what amazing yeah, timing. These new Final Fantasy VII announcements. So, um, yeah, so we got we got two announcements for Final Fantasy VII. We have Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which is the sequel to Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is now confirmed... <laughs> it's getting tough. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, said so there's a lot of words there. A lot of uh, words. It's now confirmed to be a trilogy. We don't know what the third title is called. My guess is Reunion, because that word is all over the original Final Fantasy VII. Uh, so you got Final Fantasy VII Remake, Rebirth, hopefully Reunion, Trilogy. Super exciting. That comes uh, winter of 2023. Uh, could be delayed. I'm hoping it's not, but I'm looking forward to that. And then they went even further and did something I didn't think would be done, but I wanted so badly, as they brought Crisis Core from the PSP over to modern consoles. Um... For those of you that don't know, 
Final Fantasy VII Remake and Rebirth is and will only be on PlayStation slash PC. Yeah. But Crisis Core, oddly enough, is going to be on Xbox and Switch as well. Take it, baby. Um, take it. Crisis Core was a PSP exclusive game where you played as the character Zack Fair, who briefly, briefly appears in the original Final Fantasy VII. It takes place before Final Fantasy VII. It's a prequel. Uh, it was only on PSP, but it's coming to modern consoles, which is super exciting. So me and Joshua are looking forward to this year. Um, so basically, okay. we're just going to spend this episode, guys, talking about our experience with Final Fantasy VII, what we like about it, how much we're into it, how excited we are for these future titles. It's just going to be basically a Final Fantasy VII episode. Yeah, we're yeah. just going to wax some love on this. We're going to love on Final Fantasy VII because we got a lot to say about it. But you know what, Brian? I got one thing I want to say to kick it off and then just pass it over to you. So I wanted to tell this story for a while, guys. So big shout out to our friend Xavier, who is probably the biggest Final the biggest Fantasy VII fan, fan. Yep. that we know. And this guy, prior to the remake coming out, was just night and day researching any rumors, any hubbub scuttlebutt he could find about this game, the remake, part one that was coming out. And we talked about it. We would sit there and, you know, debate over things while at work. We would speculate, you know, is it going to be at this E3? Is it going to be at this showcase and stuff like that? And the game came out and he got his early and he played it and stuff like that. But. A little bit prior to that game coming out, something really interesting happened. Now, Brian uh, was never a Final Fantasy VII fan prior to this coming out, even. Never played the original. Final Fantasy in general. General, yeah, sure. So, I was going to get the game because I knew Xavier was excited for it. He had talked it up so long that it was like weirdly nostalgic for me, even though I hadn't really personally experienced it. But the demo comes out. And I'm downloading it, and I'm like, man, this is fun. It solidified my purchase. Like, I thought, now that I played this demo, I thought, even if I hadn't talked to Xavier, I was still going to buy this game at this point. I wasn't, like, 10 out of 10 hyped for it, but I was still interested, still excited to play it. But I'm talking to Brian on the phone one day, and I'm telling him about it, and just just waxing on it. And I said, Brian, you know, Brian's like, I'm, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I kind of, I thought about maybe trying the demo. I was like, you got to just try it. Just try the demo. If you hate it, you never have to play it. I, you know, I won't bug you about it. Just try the demo. He plays it. He buys the game. He falls in love. He goes and he plays OG. So, Brian, to pass it over to you, tell us what your experience was like about how you fell in love with Final Fantasy VII. And just Dude, Final it's really Fantasy crazy because this, this is one of the, this might be, the only time I have got to experience childhood excitement over a video game as an adult. I mean, like, I know I've been excited, like, really excited for games as an adult, like, you know, Halo and, and Fallout 4 when it was announced, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is what truly, truly felt like a childhood experience because all the stars aligned to just create this really memorable experience. Um, so basically, uh, so it's 2019 and June... I got married, and so I moved to West Virginia. Congratulations, Brian. Thank you so much. It's only been three years. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, you know, me and, and my new wife, you know, she's a nerd. I'm a nerd. We both like video games. She's not into Halo, and I'm not into certain things that she might be into, but we both like a lot of the same games, and she was a fan of Final Fantasy. She had played through 15 and, like, 10 and 12. Is 10 her favorite? Um, I can't remember. Which one was her favorite? Uh, so I think it's between that one and 7. Okay, because what I played of 10, uh, I She really loves 15, really too. Okay. Uh, uh, and then 
she hadn't played through all of seven. She'd played the original seven partway through, never finished it. Okay. And I asked her, I was like, you know, because I didn't care about Final Fantasy. I wasn't a fan of Final Fantasy. But I said, are you excited for this Final Fantasy seven remake that comes out? Um, and she was like, no, I'm not excited because I think that they're... I think that they're just, you know, trying to gouge us for money by making it multiple parts. Why couldn't they make the full game, you know? And she's not as, like, deeply invested in the politics and drama of gaming like we are. So it was it was understandable. Like, why would they just make sure. such a small part of the game, you know? And, and I kind of thought, you know, well, it's going to, you know, they're putting a full effort behind it. You know, maybe it's worth it. And she was like, no, I just, I'm not interested now. Maybe when they're all done, I'll play it, is what she said. And mm-hmm. then I kind of let it go because I didn't really care. You know, well, then you go to 2020. Josh and I have been doing the podcast for, you know, three, four months. Pandemic hits, shit goes crazy. And then I get laid off of work. My wife gets, she's a teacher, so she's still doing work, but she's doing it from home now. So basically, for a few months, me and my wife are both home with really not having to work at all. And, uh, you know, Josh and I played Doom Eternal as it came out. Oh, yeah. And then... And then Josh was like, Brian, you should really try this Final Fantasy VII demo real quick. And I'm like, yeah, I don't... I don't know if I want to waste time downloading that. I don't care about Final Fantasy and Josh. Like, just trust me. I think you might, you might like it. Just really, you should do it. You should do it. Um, and and like Josh said, he was so into it because he'd worked with our mutual friend Xavier, who had been talking it up forever. Was a huge Final Fantasy VII fan, biggest fan we know. And I so for some reason I downloaded it. I think what really pushed me was a mixture of well, it was Josh telling me to, and then me going, well, maybe my wife will get interested because she's a Final Fantasy fan already. Sure. So I downloaded it and Win-win. I played it. I played it and I was like. And to be fair, when I played it all the way through the demo, I really liked it. Uh-huh. I wasn't floored yet. I wasn't floored yet. I was just okay. like, yeah, that was actually like, wow, that was that was good. You know, like I think yeah. I like this. You know, I think I'm probably gonna buy it. You know, and then I had Erica play it, and she was like, you know, that was fun. You know, that was really fun. But she was still like, you know, uh, you know, we. I'm not. Gonna Did she buy have it. anything to say about like going like how it felt playing it real time as opposed to turn base? Um, at the time, I don't think so because no, okay. I don't think so because she she wasn't too super familiar with the original. And okay. she played fifteen and fifteen similar in real time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Um, but I was like, you know, I think I'm gonna buy it. And she's like, okay, you know, if you want to buy it, whatever. So I bought it, and I start playing it, and she starts playing it, and we both just absolutely fall in love with the game. We're both. Was there like, a mo- was there what like what would you pinpoint as the eureka moment for you? Ooh, let's see. I'm trying to think of how the game plays out. Mm, eureka moment for me when you get off the train you know you're going in you're running with jesse yeah well the whole that. opening sequence was amazing which that was in the demo right and then you go on the train and then you go back to the bar and then you go i'd probably say it was somewhere around after meeting Aerith, you know okay like falling yeah. through the chapel and things. i love like, that that's one of my favorite parts of that because the game at that point the game had gone on you know 10 plus hours and it was still just continuing to introduce characters and and, and enthralling me in that world yeah. You know, the just just the way Midgar was, everything about it, the characters, just just like the little quips, you know, like uh you know, Cloud there's never any doubt as he, every time he beats somebody <laughs> Yeah. Eris cutesiness and Barris is like I remember I remember like working towards the, the second reactor and that there was that scene where there's like those giant fans you have to pass in front of and like Yeah. And Cloud was like, Are you Cloud tells Barrett, like, Are you afraid? And Barrett's like no, I'm just worried your bony ass is going to get blown off the side. <laughs> and I remember me and Erica laughing out loud at that. And like, it was such a, a unique experience because I didn't play the original as a kid, but every, all these friends' houses I went to, they had a copy of Final Fantasy VII. I'd seen pictures of the game. I'd seen people play it. I'd seen the copies on the shelves at the store. I'd seen the disc laying on the floor at friends' houses. 
And like, so I had these memories. How many memories. discs was it? it? Wasn't it three? Three. It was three. three discs, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So like, I had these memories of the game, but I never cared about it or was invested in it. So it was like this mixture of like memories of the game and then like seeing some of that old stuff come to new fidelity in the remake. And then it also being in this pandemic where me and my wife weren't working, it kind of felt like childhood again because we're waking up and going to sleep never leaving our house, just playing video games, eating food, and drinking soda. Like, it felt like childhood, you know? Like, there's no... Resp- there was I'm so literally- envious. Of, like, and you know what? I would say I'm jealous because, you know what? Like, I hated that yeah. I had to work. Oh, yeah. I, I, but I'm happy. I'm be. envious that you got that experience. Like, I don't hate that you got it. I'm oh, just, I would hate... I'm so no, I, I would be jealous, too. Like, I, yeah, yeah, obviously. But continue, like, continue. Totally but, like, it, it was just weird, right? Because, like, we're, we're adults, and it was, like, me and my wife getting to live like kids again. The government was... Well, now I get, well, yeah, the government plus unemployment, like, so really, yeah, just pretty much government was was paying us to not work. We weren't yeah. working. We were staying up late, going to bed. It was just great. And we played through Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I remember, like, I played for a couple hours and I'd have to, I'd get off because Erica really wanted to play. Like, we were both super <laughs> excited to play it. And then I remember, like, I remember getting off one time for her to play. And then I yeah. was like, okay, I need to go mow the lawn. So I'm mowing the lawn. I can see through the window. She's playing a section I just played. And I'm just like, I can't wait to get back to Final Fantasy VII. You know, was there ever any the, overlap where like she came and sat down, or was she like I, like when you're playing, or did she just refuse because like I'm not there yet, you know, or um, vice versa? If if there was some stuff kind of spoilery, she'd still be willing to be like in the area, but she okay. would try to avoid it. Okay, gotcha. uh, there'd be a couple times where she was ahead of me too, where she'd just sit there. But uh, we both played through it, and we both just when we beat that game, we both just agreed like that's one of the best games we've ever played. We both and Erica changed her mind. She agreed like. It was worth it. Like it wasn't yeah. like just a money grab. Like this was a full game. Oh, that's awesome you know? here. Yeah, and and we both we both were just like that's one of the best games we ever played. And like we'll still every time it gets brought up, there's just joy. Like for, here's what's crazy, right? So like Erica's super logical and, and and responsible. Well, this week we volunteered at a Christian camp, and we were at the camp in the middle of like a a chapel thing, a okay. church thing, and the trailer went live for Rebirth. And I told Erica, because I'm the more immature one, right? I told Erica, I whispered to her, I said, I'm going to go outside the church real quick. I'm going to go right outside. I'm going to watch this trailer real quick. And she says, uh, well, I'm coming with you. <laughs> because she wanted to watch the <laughs> that's trailer. Like, that's how excited she is for it, right? So like, this is a game we're really excited for. So uh, yeah, so it just it, it, it made this, you know, it was this great memory. It's something me and my wife got to share. And I also got to share with Josh and Xavier, because we're all playing at the same time. Yeah. And the pandemic just made it feel so surreal because the world was shut down. But then, as soon as I beat Seven, I told myself, I'm like, I know it's going to be hard, but I'm going to play the original. I'll get a guide. I'm, I'm going to beat the original because this game is too freaking good for me to not play the original. So I went right into playing the original, and I remember waking up early. It was like 5, five 6 in the morning, getting out on the couch, having a blanket, having my dog Leon sit next to me, and just playing the original, playing Seven. I got to the scene with... With Tifa and Cloud sitting on the water tower and talking to each other, and yeah. you know, just that, just the memories of playing through it. And, and I, I struggled a bit with Seven because the original, because it was so old and archaic, and I didn't know where to go, and I didn't know how you know the materials. Right. I'm, I'm sure perfectly. for a lot of people who grew up with it, it's like it's timeless. But then if you're trying yeah. to go back and play it for the first time, it's it's a oh, little yeah. rougher around the edge. Absolutely, but there was also this nostalgia from it too, though, because I was like, you know, even if I didn't play this as a kid. Not only did I see it played by other people, but I also remember when graphics looked like this. Like, I, yep. I play other games that look this graphically bad. Same here. So, yeah. it just felt nostalgic, and, like, it was amazing how the, the music and the world and the art style 
and the characters, even though they didn't talk with voice, they talked with text bubbles. Yeah. It conveyed that world so well. And it's also crazy when I'm like, when I played through the original, I'm like, wow, Remake really nailed it because this is how Barrett acts. This is how Aerith acts. Like, they nailed it so well. And I just, I played through the original and there were so many struggling moments where like there was a difficulty spike or I didn't know where to go or Mm -hmm. like uh, uh, Yuffie stole all my materia, which made me annoyed because I had to go beat her side quest just to get it back. (laughs) And, but the thing was- That's the integrate stuff, right? No, this is for the original, Josh. Oh, I'm totally. If, if oh, you get, the original. My bad. My yeah, bad. My bad. Because yeah. you played it. Brian's played Integrate. I haven't played that aspect of the remake. Okay. Yet, so yeah, yeah. Well, and we'll get to Integrate too. Yeah. Um, but Josh is actually playing through Seven or Final Fantasy Seven Original right now for the first. Just started time. it yesterday as of recording. But you, this. you want to be you want to be careful, Josh, because I know you you wanted to get all the characters, obviously, like I did. Yeah. And you can get Yuffie, no problem. But if you go to a certain area of the map with Yuffie, it enables it starts a quest. In which she removes all material from all your characters and their inventory, and then at that point you're basically you're gonna want to do that side quest because you're not gonna want to play the game without your material. Sure. Yeah. So that was one of the annoying parts because I didn't know it was gonna happen really. Oh, I gotcha. Um, I gotta say yeah, real so quick, um, just to, ahead, and then pass it back to you because I'm loving listening. But I started playing it, and the turn-based stuff is a little. It throws me off because it's not like traditional turn-based where you're you're literally taking it's active turns. where there's it's no active, time right. switching turns and that threw me off but i'll get used to it and, it, and I, th- I do see some benefits in it too but i gotta say like yeah like you kind of hit the nail on the head with the uh the sort of like look of it it has this sort of cartoony look with the characters and everything mm-hmm. the little not sprites but just as they're running around and everything and yeah. i'm like i actually really love the animations there's a part in the beginning when it like you're getting the tutorial of like hey, here's how to jump on a ladder and he just cloud just hops over and the way he like hops on and everything, I'm like, man, damn, I miss when games look like this. And they just had yeah. these like shitty animations, but like your 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 mind did the rest, you know? Like, ah. Oh, and this was like the most expensive video game ever produced back in '97. Yeah, it's crazy to think even now, if you were to adjust with inflation, it would still be a hugely expensive game, still looking like that in 2022. But back over to you, Brian. I'm sorry. Uh yeah. So, but I played through seven, and I struggled at many points. I used a guide, but I got through it. Defeated Sephiroth, beat the game. Sephiroth! And I just thought to myself, I was like, you know, that game's old and archaic, and it's like harder to play nowadays, but I think it's still going to be one of my favorite games, you know? And I think, I think when I walked away, because me and Josh, we've, if you listen to podcasts a lot, we preach this a lot. We hate, we hate when people, it's, it's a peeve of ours when somebody says, oh, that's a favorite, that's my, that's the best game I ever played. That's my favorite game of all time. Cause it's like, You've had literally three seconds to process your thoughts and feelings on it. Like, there's no way we're going to believe your opinion when you make it so quickly. You know, so I, I remember, and this is all just kind of superficial. Feels and absolutes. Absolutely. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, but we, this is all kind of superficial stuff. But I remember, like, I keep a list of, like, my favorite games of all time. And I, I feel like I accurately slotted. I wanted to be fair. I was like, you know... I'm gonna put Final Fantasy VII and the remake right around 25:30. You know mm-hmm. when I beat them because I was like, okay. I feel pretty confident about how good they are, but I'm like way too early to go to the top with Could that. Be but, recency bias, yeah, yeah, recency bias. But and then, but as time went on, you know, actually after I beat Final Fantasy VII, because of the Final Fantasy VII characters like Cloud and Tifa and Aerith, I went right into playing Kingdom Hearts for the first time ever. Right after Final yeah. Fantasy VII, yeah. So I played Kingdom Hearts one and two, and you can. And that see was all those really my first separate. introduction to Final Fantasy. Was playing through that back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And it was actually Erica's too. Was her first her exposure yeah. was was with Kingdom Hearts. So I ended up loving Kingdom Hearts too. That's for a podcast another time. But uh, but as the time but as the time went on, like my birthday came, Erica got me the Final Fantasy VII 
uh, like a big like guidebook or whatever. And, and then we, we ended up talking about it more as the years went on. Eric and I would go back and forth. Erica replayed the game. And then eventually like Intergrade came out. And then this year, I decided I was going to replay through it again for the first time since the second time. So I replayed through Remake and playing through it again just reassured to me how much I love it. Because I'm like, it's still just as good, if not better. And actually, it was better now because I had played the original. So when mm-hmm. I replayed Remake this year, I was like, oh, it's even better. I was in love with it all over again. And then I beat 7 Remake. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to play the original again. So I downloaded it on my Switch so I could play it portably. Yeah. And I replayed through the whole original again. And I was really amazed to find out, because I had played it once already, how much better it was this time because I knew what to do. I knew what to do with everything. Sure. And I think I only got stuck at like one or two times in the game where the first time I got stuck like 27 times. You know, but I, I really enjoyed playing through it again this time, and I was like, you know what? I think these games have really cemented themselves as very, very top, top, top of the list favorite games of Topper all time. Topper most I, of the popper most, baby. Oh, absolutely. I would put Halo, some Halos and some Zeldas above it still, because those are like pretty much untouchable to me, but like mm-hmm. literally up franchise-wise, like Final Fantasy VII... That's like that's probably third place for me of video games. Period. Now it's just it's interesting you say that uh, you you almost had this sort of like backdoor nostalgia with it, which is what I was saying too. I had where it's just like you saw people that had played it in your childhood. You remember seeing yeah. discs and stuff. You had all these like like the writing on the wall was kind of there for us in yeah. our own ways, but we just never really experienced it. I had a friend. My first actual impression of it was I had a friend come over. I used to hang out with that uh, lived on the same street, and he brought a bunch of games over. It was the first time we really hung out. He comes over, brings a like a, a baseball game, I think like some other kind of third person like PlayStation game, and then he brings Final Fantasy VII, and that's the one he shows me. And at the time, me who again, way back when, just played mostly movie license games and sports titles, you know, and occasionally I dip my feet out of into other stuff. That did not look fun to me at all, and also yeah. I didn't really play RPGs period yet, so I wasn't quite there. But he showed me that, and I remember it was just in the bombing mission in the beginning, and he's running around. He was telling me something about how he started a new game, and he's like, there's three discs, and I'm like, like, what? That just, you know, doesn't look fun. And I didn't get, I I couldn't get behind the sort of, like, realistic backdrops with the cartoony character running around. Now I'm like, as I'm playing it, I'm like, oh, I love this. This is so charming, you know? Like, um, there's that part in the beginning when you first go up and you meet Aerith, you don't know it's Aerith. She's just listed as Flower Girl at the time. Yeah. But then, like, you see the love list and stuff like that, the the signs yep. and everything. And I was just like, damn, that's got that, like, 90s kind of, like, futuristic cyberpunk, like, look yeah. to it. That's and exactly I was like, oh, I'm like, I love this aesthetic and stuff. But, I mean, it, it's kind of neat to see that we're kind of at this point now where we can genuinely say we're fans of it and have yeah. some nostalgia after two years. Dude, I have – get this. This is crazy. I have a memory of – there was I was in high school. It's 2008. I was a let's see, 2008. I would have been a junior. Okay. And right junior. before right before school started, like days before that school year started, mm-hmm. um, there was this girl I really liked, and she was gonna be at this little get together at a friend's house in the basement. And there's okay. so there's like there's like 10, 12 people in this basement. Ooh. They were all getting together to watch Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Oh, nice. And I went there awkwardly, you know, without any charm or ability to hardly talk hey guys, to I'm girl, Brian. Uh, because this girl was there, and I was sitting on the couch, sure. you know, and this girl was there, and, like, they were watching Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, and I couldn't give a damn about it at all, mm-hmm. but I remember seeing Cloud fighting Sephiroth and being just Sephiroth. like, Sephiroth! 
to me, I'm like, this, this is some weird Japanese Final Fantasy bullshit I don't care about. You know, that's how I thought. <laughs> but, like, you know, f- go figure, 13 years in the future, one of my favorite games of all time. Now, I love at yeah. watching Advent Children. I laugh, too, um, because, like, when I, the thing that used to kind of, like, put me off back in the day was the crazy hair. You know, oh, yeah. and it's same. I mean, it's like Dragon same Ball. reason I had yeah. such an alien impression to a lot of anime for the longest time until I started watching things like Full Metal Alchemist because the hair was always so extreme. And I, now I like, yeah. I love it. I get that it's a part of it. Yeah. You know, but it's just, it's so, it's so, so nuts. Like, I'm like, you know, when I see Cloud, when I see, in the, especially in the PS1 version, I'm like, yeah. why ha, did you style your hair before this mission? You know, yeah, like it's yeah. so spiky. It's like, ha, you know, I, you have to remove like the realisticness. You, you're, you're thinking too hard on it if you think about him styling his hair before a mission because it's just a video game. But I'm like, it's so spiky. You don't just wake out, of, uh, you know, get out of bed like that. Well, and then you have Sephiroth's long hair with the bangs and the hay yeah. cloud. But anyway, I'm sorry. But it's yeah. funny because you, re- I'm sure you can relate, Josh. Like when you're a kid, sometimes you you get like when you're a kid you're so undeveloped and it, what makes it sad is that when you meet adults like this because you're like you should have been developed by now but like <laughs> when kids are so kids are so undeveloped and and you hear that someone says you know because i used to hear all the time people say cloud is one of the best video game characters yep and in my head i would always go no he's not you guys are stupid like i'm just like i always think to myself like oh no, he's not he's got nothing on link he's got nothing on master chief like who cares you guys, you know, it's just like when I told my story of, like, Halo before I got into it. Like, it's not made by Nintendo. People only like Halo because of Bill Gates. Ugh. You know, dumb stuff. It's like, it's like, oh, Cloud, you just think he's cool because uh, he's got blonde spiky hair and a sword. Like, he's actually stupid, you know. Like, of course, now it's, like, one of my favorite characters. It's just crazy how you yeah. thought of things that way. But, but yeah, so then, you know, to bring us up to date, uh, when I played Final Fantasy VII Remake this year, I played Intergrade for the first time. Intergrade was a really nice little three, four-hour DLC add-on where you get to have a little more background to Yuffie because Yuffie just kind of shows up in the original. Mm-hmm. And in this one, she kind of actually gets a little bit more fleshed out. That was a really nice little DLC. One thing that's great, Josh, that'll probably get you a little more hyped for it is I didn't know this, is uh, when you beat, I won't spoil it, when you beat um, the Yuffie uh, DLC on Intergrade, it actually gives you a follow-up ending to where you left the main characters off in the original. Oh, that's good. Remake. So it just so feels like it's, more- it was meant to be there. Yeah, so like it sets, it pretty much puts you on the doorstep for Rebirth. Nice. Which is really cool. Oh, good shit, good shit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I played that, and basically me and Josh, we've just been in agreement, like, you know, amazing game, and we've, we've become a huge fan of Final Fantasy VII, and we were going to do this podcast, kind of talking, this oddball, kind of talking about how we felt about it, and now we get to have even more to say because we just saw uh, the announcement of Crisis Core and Rebirth. Um, I don't think so. Josh has watched all of the cutscenes online for Crisis Core. I've watched most of them. I've played a little bit of it, but I didn't like playing it on the PSP. Um, but now it's going to come out, and we're going to be able to play it on modern consoles. And it's the prequel to Seven. Um, and then next year we get to play Rebirth, which is that continuation of remake. Uh, so it's just a really exciting time to be a Final Fantasy Seven fan. I cannot wait for let me, it. Um, let me you ask think? you though, um, yeah. when you Okay, because you went from the remake straight into Kingdom Hearts, correct? Or, or I'm sorry, did I? I went, or would yeah. you go remake like, original? OG. Then okay, Hearts. okay. Because yeah. then I remember, like I said um, earlier, my first experience with Final Fantasy stuff in general was through Kingdom Hearts. So, mm-hmm. like, if you go, you know, into um, uh, Traver- Traverse Town, you have like Sid there and stuff like that. Yeah. Sid to me at the time 
was just a character, Kingdom Hearts character. original character yeah. from Kingdom yeah. Hearts that was there in Traverse Town. Uh, Aerith is there, and I forget the other Final Fantasy. I think it's uh, there's Leon who's Leon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Final Fantasy, Leon! and then there's there's Yuffie's there too. Yup, yup, yup. Yeah, and those characters to me, like I kind of knew. They were from Final Fantasy, but I wasn't 100%. I remember looking through, I think it was the back of another GamePro magazine that had like a, a list of how to get all the Dalmatians, like the locations or something. Yeah. And I remember it, like there were some sections where it talked about that stuff, just Final Fantasy connections. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's interesting. So that game opened up the writing on the wall for me as well to eventually get into this stuff and, and try it out. But what, I just want to get your thoughts before we talk about some of the newer stuff that got announced. What's your thoughts on like, you know, Vincent and Valentine, Sid Highwind, you know, just mm. some of these other characters and stuff. Kate Sith, you know, like, what are, what are your thoughts on him? Do you have any favorites, least favorites? My least favorite character in your party is Sid. Uh, I don't like Ooh, Sid. okay. Like, I, and, and now, when I say I don't like him, that doesn't mean I don't want him in the game. I don't want anything to change. Like, keep mm-hmm. the integrity of the game there, please. But sure. I don't like I don't like his character design or his attitude, you know. Um, and the thing is, actually, I just didn't Isn't realize. Isn't he the one that yells at his wife? Like a ton of Yeah, dude. I, he treats his wife like shit. Yeah. Like I think shit. Xavier told me about that and showed me a couple scenes, and I was like, damn, that's bad. Actually, if I remember right, it's not even his wife. It's just a woman who lives like with him. Or okay. Okay. But he, yeah, he treats her like garbage. You seem I mean, great like, in Kingdom Hearts, but they really gave oh, him the PG version. No, <laughs> in Kingdom Hearts, they PG him down. Like, yeah. He talk and he, he cusses all the time and he talks shit to her and he's pretty and all, yeah I just don't like his personality in uh, seven really so okay. he's my least favorite I also don't like his character design he looks like he belongs in a different Kingdom Heart or a different Final Fantasy to me almost he has like a, a more industrial look to him I guess oh I gotcha um, so he's my least favorite obviously my favorite's Cloud boring answer but if I was gonna go favorites to have in my party so the first time I played through um, if you're listening to this spoilers abound you should be you should have known that already. Um, uh, when I first played through, I had, I had, um, let's see, cause so Vincent and Yuffie are optional characters. Did you know that, John? Yeah. Yeah, I did know You that. could play the whole game and never see them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had Cloud and then I had Aerith and then I think I made, before I got those optional characters, I think I just had, I think it was just Barrett, right? So okay. I had Barrett, Cloud, and Aerith. Well, then you lose Aerith. And then I was like, well, who am I going to fill that with? And then I, well, then I went and got Vincent, and Vincent, it became Vincent, uh, Barrett, and Cloud is what I had. Um, oh, and nice. Then, but then, like, when I played through the first time, I was like, I never really had, like, a healer role because Aerith died, and that was kind of, mm-hmm. like, the healer role. So I played through this time, and this time, I think this will be my party going forward. What I like is I have Cloud, Vincent, Yuffie. So I have both of the. The characters that are optional. Okay. Because Yuffie, her limit break, she is, she's the only one in the game that has a limit break ability that heals your whole party once Aerith's Oh, nice. That's going to come in handy. Yeah. 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 So Good I get enough. Yuffie and I spec her out with the Materia to be a healer. Okay. But what's great is she also does like a bazillion times more damage than Aerith did. Because Aerith did like no damage when she was yeah. a healer. Okay. Um, and then Vincent's badass. Like he's so badass in the game. One of the coolest designs. Oh, yeah. So I would say after Cloud, on one hand, after Cloud, I'd say my favorite is Vincent. Okay. But, like, man, it's kind of hard to picture Final Fantasy VII without the iconic, like, Tifa, Aerith, and and, and Barrett. You know, yeah. like, they're just kind of, they're so iconic. For sure. And, I mean, Aerith's really up there, and Tifa, like, yeah, they're so good. So the, the cast is great, you know. I'd say, like, Kate Sith, because he is a Shinra HQ dude who's using a robotic cat riding on top of a stuffed animal, it's kind of so convoluted, it's hard to relate to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of Sid, 
Red 13's pretty badass. You get to have his backstory in the original. You go to Cosmo Canyon. That's where his background is. Um, yeah, he has Red this fucking badass cool. line in the remake where he's like, what is it? I am as I stand before you or something like I'm butchering yeah. it. But like when you first yeah. meet him in the remake, I was like, damn, that's fucking cool, man. Am I forgetting someone? I feel like I might be forgetting I someone. I think you got it. I think. There's I don't nine know. total, I think. You got Cloud, Barrett, Tifa, Aerith, Red 13, Vincent, Yuffie, Sid, Kate Sith. Nope, we named him. I named him. Got them all. Yeah. Yeah, so, but it's an amazing cast of characters, um, and that's just the cast you can play as. There's so many other great characters in the game. Um, did I answer your question, Josh? No, you did. I wanted to know what you thought about the characters and stuff, too. I mean, yeah. I'll say this. I mean, because I've only played the remake, and I'm only just, like, maybe an hour into... Like, I'm still on Midgar, at least. I'll mm-hmm. put it that way, uh, in the original. But... Uh, I really didn't like Tifa at first because she just kind of felt like the focus, like the pixie girl, like you're supposed to like me, you're supposed to think I'm yeah. not. And she grew on me as I played through the remake. But Aerith, I just loved right away. And yeah. I, I had seen, I also forgot to mention, prior to playing the remake, uh, Xavier had shown me Advent Children. So I had a little bit of that context. And then, of course, like I said, seeing the Crisis Core experience, which is why I feel such an attachment to that game, as we're going to get into near the end. But... Um, I would just really loved Aerith's character, just so nice, and yeah, she's super beautiful, but she's not like objectified, and I don't mind that shit. I mean, that, that, you know, I, I don't, I don't care about all that, but I just liked that, like, I didn't feel forced to like her character. I just thought she was mm-hmm. super sweet, super cool, and yeah, like a healer. But man, in the remake, I remember hating that section when you're with her and you're like in that, like, um, oh my god, you're in that tunnel. Tunnel, yeah, the tunnels. Ugh, with the hands? I yeah. think that is objectively, and I think Xavier agreed with this too, I think that is the worst part of the remake. Not that it's bad, it's just the whole like, lever system. The, you, gotta do, you gotta do the same exact thing in the Ugh. original. Oh, hated it! But uh, but that, that I, I like Aerith. Uh, Barrett grew on me. I've had some brief interactions with John Eric Bentley on Twitter. Super amazing guy. And like Brian, like you said, dude, like after I'm, I'm hearing his voice, you know, just thinking about it, having played the remake, and then I'm seeing just the dialogue pop up. I'm reading, like I'm hearing that in his, his voice. voice. Yeah, I, and it's just like he nailed it. You know, it's, and, and shout out to the other people that did like Advent Children and stuff like that. They did a great job too. When I but, see the text bubble pop up, and he's like sticking it to Shinra. I'm like, damn, I can hear yeah. that. Ooh, Avalanche. Oh yeah. man, I love him. But um, I loved all those characters. I love all that we got to see in the remake and stuff, and Jesse and the guys and stuff like that. Um, Jesse was great, especially. But man, I had a big crush on Madame M, and I paid high money oh. to get my cutscene. So <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Cloud can't hardly stuff. walk when he comes out of there. Oh man, yeah. Cloud! Uh, that was the kind of shit where I'm like, I need to turn my volume down because people are gonna think I'm watching a porno. And it's like, no, I'm playing Final right. Fantasy VII Remake on the PlayStation 4. I I'm, paid I'm, for the the special massage. Yeah, the special massage. Who was the other? Who was that? Who's that big mommy dom that worked for Shinra? She's like, there's oh, one scene where she's got like a dude like on all fours. Scarlet. Sc- yeah. Oh, I like Mommy Scarlet, I, man. Th- it's ridiculous, dude. They made each of her boobs like a world globe. It's insane. <laughs> like a Huge. world globe. <laughs> it's like she's got those ones you'd see in class, like in her freaking, yeah, yeah dress. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> but, no, uh, but no, I thought parts of that remake, you know, I mean, I again, guys, I've not played OG, but I know enough about the remake to the OG to know what was expanded upon and stuff. And I honestly really came to love getting to explore Midgar. There's a tiny bit of fluff in there, but I really did like getting to like experience 
the characters. I mean, what do you think about you're going around the slums and everything, Brian? You know, and stuff like that. Talking to these people and stuff. I, I remember some of that. One of the things when it, uh, that Xavier and I would quote when work really sucked was when you'd sometimes walk past people in the slums. A random guy would be like, "This shit's bad." We would just quote that all the time. Well, it's work. funny. I actually, well, two things I want to say. One, I made a yeah. I made a Facebook status about this like a month or two ago. But like one thing I love about old games, um, they do it in new games, but it feels different. Is in the original Final Fantasy VII, mm-hmm. I can walk into a random house in any random town, and there'll be some guy in his house, and I can go up to him, and I'll I'll try to talk to him, and he'll be like, he'll just say something like, it's really nice living here out of the dark shadows of Midgar, or just something random like that. Yeah. And it always builds the world for me so much. Like, it's a little thing to just make this random NPC say one repeated line of dialogue, but it makes the world feel lived in. And I always loved that. And they, they do that in a neat way with re- Remake, too, where they just have the dialogue going down the side of the screen as you walk Oh, through. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just love doing that. Uh, what do you think of Chocobo thing- Sam? And there was that guy, I think Johnny. I forget Johnny. Oh, Johnny's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I came to yeah. like him, though, but yeah. Yeah, Johnny's annoying. Uh, and yeah, and the Chocobo Sam guy, I, he just makes me think of country music, which I don't like. But uh, Yeah, and then there's the okay. one guy, I forget, but he's like, come on, give daddy some sugar. You know what I'm talking uh, about? Are you I talking about Corneo? It might have been Corneo. Like it's just they the had so crawls, many... or, crawls around and looks like Donald Trump. Yeah, they had so many like amazingly unique characters in that. Oh yeah, for the remake, I'm sure in the OG, obviously too. But it's I'm all sure. it's also crazy how many kids were playing Final Fantasy VII, and and you haven't got there yet, Josh. But mm-hmm. in Final Fantasy VII's Don Corneo, he has a uh, sex torture chamber in oh, the game. Jesus, where oh, it's wow. got like it's got like a tablet where he chains down women. And there's like blood, and it's 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 it's. Creepy. Oh my gosh! They don't That's... call it that, but it is what it is. Okay, I gotcha. Um, Super heavily implied. It's obvious. Yeah, okay. yeah. Because also, wow. there's like the scene with Aerith and Tifa where they're talking about cutting off his penis, which they don't <laughs> use the word penis. <laughs> oh you know, but I will say there's one thing I I actually I realized playing through the original again. I don't like as much in the remake. Okay. One real the re- really cool thing they did in the original that they changed in the original. When you go to the Shinra headquarters, um, you get caught and you get thrown in a prison cell and you're trapped. There's no way out. And then you just go to sleep in the original because there's mm-hmm. no way to leave the prison cell. And when you wake up, all the guards are gone. All your doors are open and there's a pathway of blood. And the pathway of blood leads all the way to the president of Shinra. And he's impaled by Sephiroth's sword. Ooh, so, okay. so in the original, you just... Realize, like you're trapped in a prison cell and you you get out because some monster came in and murdered everyone, including the president, who you figured was probably gonna be oh, the boss. Oh shit, okay, I got you. But in the but in the in the remake, that doesn't happen. Sephiroth just literally shows up and kills Okay. Like you just you don't get tra- you don't have that cool moment of like being trapped in a cell and then like this ominous blood trail. It's like, oh, that's Sephiroth. Like you didn't see Sephiroth at all in Midgar in the original. Brian, not to change the subject, but how long roughly would you say it took you to beat OG, like how many hours? Oh, um, well, are you gonna? I'm just like, trying to get a good go frame for, of are reference. Gonna, are you gonna go for completionist sake? I don't know. I really don't know. That's why I'm I would curious. say I'd say the the first time fifty hours, the second time thirty five. Okay, just trying to get because I know like for you guys listening, like Brian usually just kind of tries to main this stuff, and he'll occasionally go for side stuff. But that's what I was trying to get a frame of reference from. If you're like someone who's gonna like more kind of casually move through it. As opposed to someone who tries one hundred percent, what the difference is? I know for yeah. Xavier, like there's a, some of the end game bosses and stuff he'll he'll grind for, but um, and I'm really I really enjoyed the random with, encounters so far. 
But yeah. and one thing I screwed up with is I just I didn't know when the first time I played through I didn't understand the materia system well enough. Mm-hmm. So when I was by the end of the game when I was fighting harder stuff I just didn't have very good materia slotted. Like I, I slipped like, up a little in the remake at least. But yeah, yeah. Like, like for instance, I I would always put the the heal yourself material on every character. Don't just have a healer. Like put it mm-hmm. on every character. You know that's one. And then like you can get you can get uh, materia for Cloud so that there's a good chance every time he gets hit. Yeah. He'll hit them back, and it doesn't cost a turn. Oh, nice. Like, stuff like that that I just didn't use the first playthrough. Okay. Um, so Keep really good stuff there. That. Also, oh, man, Josh, I gotta, we'll have to get do, talk about this behind the scenes some more, but like, there is a skill that is absolutely essential to making the game more fun to play called Big Guard, and the only way to acquire it is to get another skill that lets you copy an enemy's skill. Okay. So, like, so it's called like... Um, Oh, I can't think of what it is off the top of my head. But basically, you get a you get a skill that when you're in battle, you can steal the enemy's skill, and the enemy the skill you steal is called Big Guard, and it like it Big Guard is it, it's a spell that like every time you start a combat battle, you use Big Guard, and it ups all of your party's like defenses and shields and resistances. Oh, interesting. And it makes the whole game much better. You got uh, it. Is there? I think, I think you get it at Costa de Sol. Yeah. Oh, nice. I think uh, is there anything in there that enables you to like see the enemy's help bar? At any point, um, I want to say some turn-based games do that. Some do not, and I thought I'm there like, was. I love that when they do it in turn-based. That's part of why I love turn-based to see like how long, like how yeah. much I'm chipping away at. But sometimes they don't. So I don't. I never have got one, but I think it could be there. Maybe I just okay. probably didn't waste the slot on okay. it. But well, uh, do you want to talk about? Uh, I know I kind of set set it to the side, but do you want to talk about uh, rebirth and, and crisis core and all that stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't really know where Rebirth is going to go exactly, because basically, you know, the original Final Fantasy VII ends with they escape Midgar on the motorcycle, they get to the end of the street, and they fight a, a big, like, Shinra mechanical boss, and then they're, and then immediately after that, they have left Midgar, and they're traveling across the plains to make their way to Calm. The city of calm and in the city of calm they all go to a hotel and they're hanging out and cloud tells them the story of sephiroth and that's where you first are introduced to sephiroth what's different about the remake is you escape midgar but then when you get to the end of the road sephiroth presents himself and then you have to fight the harbingers of fate and fight sephiroth and you've basically fought off destiny and now so when you when remake ends you're you leave you leave um, Midgar the same towards Calm, just like the original. But now, several things have happened that didn't happen in the original, like the Whispers of Fate, meeting Sephiroth, um, Defying Destiny, a uh, couple different things like that. So it's like, what it seems like to me, and I th- I'm willing to be corrected in the Discord or comments or whatever, um, what it seems like to me through Reddit posts and and, and just general speculation is, this Sephiroth is the Sephiroth from Advent Children that knows he has lost and has gone back in time to change what's happened because he doesn't want to lose. So Sephiroth already knows that Cloud defeats him and, and, and destroys Genova and all that stuff. And he's coming back to change it. So, And that's why the Wisp... What he does is he tricks you in Final Fantasy VII Remake. He tricks you into to, to killing the Whispers of Fate, the Harbingers of Fate, because by killing them, you have now 
Because if you notice, every time those black shadows, the Whispers of Fate, show up in Remake, mm-hmm. it is to prevent the timeline from going off course. Um, I'm try- like, uh, For instance, Barrett dies in Remake. He never dies in the original. So as soon as he dies, the Whispers of Fate come and bring him back to life. Um, there's a part where you're going to get to like the pillar before it falls and save it, but the Whispers of Fate know that in the original game you weren't able to stop the pillar from falling, so they stop you and stall you. So it always, so basically, like, they're trying to keep the timeline on course, and Sephiroth's trying to show up and throw the timeline off because he knows he loses. Mm-hmm. And at the end, he, he convinces you, he kind of tricks the party into fighting the Harbingers of Fate, and now there's nothing to correct the course of fate. So then you get to Rebirth, and it, also you watch the trailer, and the trailer is basically like, Aerith's like talking over it. She's basically like, things aren't going to go the way that you think they are. Like, basically saying fate's been changed now. Okay, I got something you know? I've been waiting to ask you from when we were okay. talking this. Do you think there's a possible chance that they make it seem... Okay, two things. Do you think it's possible? Because there's spoilers, guys. We're in spoiler territory with all this stuff. If you haven't played it by now, I mean, hopefully you understand. But at one point, Aerith dies in the OG. Do you think there's a possible chance that one... They switch it, and Tifa dies instead. Hmm. Or two, do you think that they set it up with lines like that, that maybe there is some kind of fake out where you think Tifa's going to die, but Eris still dies? Do you think anything in that regard? Because that's a big tipping point. This is exactly what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to have the exact scene where she dies, Uh and Aerith will not die. Then she'll die a different way. Oh, so a fake out of her death, but she still yes. ultimately dies. Okay, I think okay. I think the Tifa switch out would be would probably be bad. Like I, I I'm very open minded. If they killed her, people would lose their shit. Yeah, she's one of the most popular Final Fantasy characters, yeah. and, and I get people it. have already had 25 years to cope with Eris' death. I don't think. Not only do I think it would not be good for the character of Tifa because people don't want her to die, mm-hmm. uh, but two, I think it would probably hurt people's perception of Aerith because they'd feel like they they, they traded Tifa for Aerith. So yeah, I mean, personally, I, I, happen, I would still rather have Aerith go, even though I like she's my favorite of the two. But yeah, I think Cloud because because the whole big crux of like Advent Children, if you remember, Josh is like Cloud cannot get over the fact that he that he feels like he's it's his fault. Feels super guilty. Yeah. So I think he's going to know exactly how Aerith dies, and he's going to prevent it. Also, I don't know if you remember this, Josh, but when you're fighting the Harbingers of Fate in the, at the end of Remake, uh, Cloud sees a scene of him putting Aerith's dead body in the water out of Advent Children. I vaguely remember that. I yeah. Vaguely remember so that. I think he's going to know what's going to happen, and he's going to say, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not going to make that mistake. He's going to prevent it from happening, and then she's still going to die. Okay. And it's going to be do this you think, gut punch all over again. Do you think Crisis Core... Is gonna like have any intersect into this, or do you think it's just Absolutely. literally a separate remaster? Like they're just Absolutely. like okay, because a couple things, a couple things are happening here. One, at the end of remake, you have them show the final fight with Zach, where he's supposed to die, right? But he doesn't die, right? And then they have that like potato chip bag or whatever fly yep. in front of him, yeah, and it shows a different avalanche dog than the one we've been used to. Right. To almost symbolize it maybe it's another universe or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. Then there's like right before the remake ends, there's that scene of like Aerith walking and she gets a vision of Zack carrying Cloud past her and then it plays music and the game's over. Right. So you got that. Then you have um I guess this is a teeny spoiler for you, Josh. Nothing really I think you'll care about. In Intergrade, you get another scene with Zack where Ooh. he shows he shows up at Aerith's church 
expecting her to be there, and she's not. Where does that take place chronologically it takes in the place game? After him, at, so at the end of remake, when him and Cloud are walking away towards right. Midgar, it takes place after that. He shows up to the church. Oh, interesting. And she's okay. not there. Instead, he opens the church doors. She, not only is she not there, but there's a bunch of like homeless people and refugees from the slums in the church. Mm. No Aerith. Okay, juicy. That had to, that, they set that up in remake, and then you got here with Crisis Core. Not only is Crisis Core getting remade before Rebirth. As if it's going to, as if that story is going to play into Rebirth, mm-hmm. like they want to get that out first. But then they titled it Final Fan- Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Yeah, which I feel like that plays into it, and then also makes me wonder: is the final part of remake called Final Fantasy VII? That's what I was Reunion? thinking because broad strokes with Crisis Core, like I won't go into the spoilers as much, but like Angel, Sephiroth, and this other guy named Genesis, they showed him in the trailer. They were like friends. And Angel is essentially like Zach's mentor. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like back and forth cutscenes of those three, San Zach, but um the other three like just kind of like talking and stuff, you know, experiencing the story, you know, kind of progressing the plot. A lot of exposition with that, and you get to see this friendship where Sephiroth is kind of a good guy before he goes bad, and Genesis yep. was a, a huge standout to me. But like I wonder how much of that is going to stay the same, how much of that is going to differentiate. I, I think it's going to play a huge part, Josh, because I left this out too. The whole thing in the Yuffie DLC yeah. is you're fighting against the same people from Dirge of Cerberus. Oh, really? Yeah. That's like, the one uh, I know the, the least about, but that's awesome. Yeah, what's the name? Well, Dirge of Cerberus is like the end of the timeline. Right. So, but I can't remember what it's called. Like, they're like, and they're in the underground, and there's like two two bosses from Dirge of Cerberus. You, Xavier's you, listening you, to this. He's like, he'd yeah. be screaming He's it right shouting now. like, Brian, you dumbass! <laughs> it's these guys! But they show up in the Yuffie DLC, so it seems like what they're doing is they're literally... Because, you know, what happened is, for those that don't know, which I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you probably do, but Final Fantasy VII was so extremely popular that years later they announced the comp- compilation of Final Fantasy VII, where they said, we're going to do a mobile game that only was released in Japan. We're going to do a movie... We're going to do uh, a game for PSP, and we're going to do a game for PS2. That was PSP was Crisis Core, PS2 was Dirt of Cerberus. Mm-hmm. Well, now with all this time and planning, it seems what they're trying to do is, hey, with today's fidelity, we're going to bring this all together in one Hell yeah. big yep, timeline. Yep. You know? yeah. And, and that's exciting. really exciting. Yeah. It is super exciting. I, I'm, that, I'm excited To me, that it. makes it so cool because I've watched, I will never intentionally play Dirt of Cerberus. I will watch, like I've seen a bit of that, mm-hmm. does not look fun to play. Interesting enough story, but does not look fun to play. Josh, Crisis- let me interrupt. Go let ahead. Me interrupt. Go they bring Vincent in Rebirth, yeah. and then the year before Reunion comes out, the third part, they do Dirge of Cerberus remake. Dude, I would love that. Where you person. play as Vincent. That'd be fucking dope, Brian. That's going to happen. Now you got the wheels turning, because that'd, dude, be, that'd be another nice bridge, because I, cause I, no one expected, for you guys that didn't watch this uh, event... When they go into it, they showed off like mostly it was like uh, Intergrade coming to Steam. Then you had like some announcements for like I think like a clock, some some merchandise you could get. And then they show off Crisis Core. People are fucking losing their minds. And then it says it's coming this winter. People like were floored. Then you get to the next one. You get to Rebirth, and then it's like coming next winter. And it's like holy shit. Like not only do we have that kind of like at a tentative release date, but then we got this other one that's coming out in between to bridge that gap. So what's uh, that's cool because that's two years after uh, after um, Integrate, I'll just say, you know, after the the, the remake, you know. But uh, 
Man, that would be fucking cool, Brian. Yeah. If after Rebirth, a year or two after that, because and they already get have Dirge the assets to, for oh, Vincent created. That'd be, man. They already have the assets. Not only do they already have the assets for Vincent created from Rebirth, but they have some of the assets from Dirge of Cerberus already in the Yuffie do you, DLC. Okay, what do you think the odds are of any kind of gameplay experience of Advent Children? Or do you think that's just... That's like, nah, we're not going to mess with that because um, maybe we're going in a different direction with the story. Also, Brian, do you think... Do you think the... This the rebirth. Do you think it's going to be super open, or do you think it's going to be like more linear zone? What is your oh, expectations? I mean, with the scale of that a, one, I think it's a fact. I think it's on record that Numuro said that seven is going to be or uh, rebirth is going to be way different than remake. I, I he, it's going to be like an open world. Yeah, I, I'm thinking cause that's what Xavier how, told me. He heard way back, and I was like, and even you know some of the stuff you've yeah. seen since. But I yeah, I don't know because I'm like three. I parts. think may, maybe like um. Something comparable to maybe not quite as big, but maybe comparable to like Horizon Zero Dawn okay. type, yeah. where it's like the open world, but it's still got that very like third persony type feel. Or Ghost of Tsushima, maybe, or Absolutely. or maybe you know what might be honestly, I should have led with this. The best example might be God of War 2018, because God of War 2018, which you haven't played yet, Josh, mm-hmm. it's basically like a fake out open world. It's like it's all open. You can go all these different areas, but like a lot of it's kind of funneled down. You know, like you don't want to say corridors, but like it's almost like the the first mission of when you land on Halo. You know, right? Like it's open, but it's also linear. You know what I mean? You Gives you that I mean? sense of illusion. No, it, it, believe, it feels like it's open, but you really don't have much. No, it'll be what, interesting to see because I know you and I said it way before, like off air, that like we really appreciated, even though this was the remake was expanded, how kind of linear it was, like yeah. in its funneling of the story. Because it gave you the opportunity to do some side stuff, and it was fun to do that. But mm-hmm. it was also pretty thorough, uh, straightforward experience in a, in a real rewarding way. Yeah. So the second Reminded one going open one. was like a little concerning as much as it is exciting because yeah. it's like more. But, yeah. No, that's interesting. You got me really thinking I, about the Dirge thing, man. Dude, it's it's crazy. Like, I'm very open-minded, too, because I know some people out there are like, why couldn't they just make it exactly the same as the original Final Fantasy VII? Like, they don't want things to play out differently. I'm very open-minded, but I hope that they don't ju- – I just hope they don't go too crazy. Like, like for instance, I mean, I, I'm re- I mean, I really am open to anything. Like, some people are wondering, like, are we going to get to a moment in the Final Fantasy VII remake games where you have Zack and Cloud in the same party? Like, that's going to be crazy. That could happen. I'm okay with oh, things like man. that, but if it gets to a point where, like, I just don't want it to get really silly. Like, I don't want it to get to where, like, I don't know, if Sephiroth summons, like, a thousand of himself from a thousand universes. It's like the Matrix, like, reloaded scene or something. Like, just don't get too crazy, but, like, at the same time, <laughs> what makes Final Fantasy VII great is that it's it's kind of, like, there. in a non... It's a convoluted story, if you think about it, in a non-negative way, because, you know, the, the story of Final Fantasy VII is basically you got... Uh, this corporation Shinra, and they got the the planets got this Mako, and they injected Mako cells into <laughs> Sephiroth. But then there's also this this alien from another planet called Genova, and he thinks it's his mom, but it's not really. But her cells are in him. But it's like, and it just goes on and on and on. Yeah. And it's really crazy. It's just really weird. It's interesting um, because got- Final Fantasy VII feels plucked out of the Final Fantasy games as this like god tier gaming experience yeah. to the point where it's like. Like, it's clearly a Final Fantasy game, but it's almost not because it's like... It's separate. It's so separate. I mean, the story itself, the, each one is... It's an anthology yeah. series anyway. It's got the Moogles. It's got the Chocobos. Yeah. The things yeah, you got those Final clear, clear Final Fantasy uh, things, but yeah. No, man, I feel I, bad for those people who are like, my favorite's 9. I think it's bullshit 7 gets all this attention. <laughs> you know, I feel bad for them. It'll be interesting to see if they ever do some remakes with those. Not necessarily in the same vein, to just 
it'd be interesting. To this to see. scale, I would say absolutely not. I don't yeah. think anything has the 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 the, the popularity well, to put that amount of money. And to go off it. what you see, yeah, I could see that too. To go off what you said earlier, though, it's like I could, I, I'm fine with this. Like I, again, I don't want them to go. I'm with you 100. I don't want them to go too off the rails with potential things they could do in this like oh my god what if like cloud dies and zach lives you know and they swap it somewhere people would hate that but yeah at the same time it's like it is pretty cool that we're getting three games of this now because when the remake first came out i was like how long is this going to be knowing how much bigger the game gets i thought Mm -hmm. how much and and if you took if you took essentially the first two to three hours and you made like a 20 hour experience out of it how much else are you going to blow it up the game? And not yeah. not necessarily blow. I mean, blow it's harsh because I loved what was there. But how much more are you going to make this game as a whole in the sense of the grand scope of the remake? How much are you going to inflate all this? But then they said it's three, and I'm like, okay, there could still be a ton. It's like a Gears trilogy, a Halo trilogy. Yeah, and it's that. like that's awesome. And the fact that this is a remake is split in three parts of one core game, that's fucking cool to me because... I know I'm a broken record on this show, but like that core experience is always going to be there. So like yep. whatever they change, as much as like I don't want certain things to happen, I could always go back. Got that original, original. Will be there. So you got, and that's both. why I like it. If it you know as as a sequel, I, I like it more too because it's like well, even more reason to just the the first one separate. Like this yeah. takes place after you know, like it's sure. not. Uh, that's a cool way to look at. It. But I was going to say, go ahead. No, go ahead, Josh. Oh, I was going to say that. I mean, they made it so easy to play. The original now. You can play it on your phone. You can play it on any console. It's also you know, coming to... They're also doing a remake of the original for the phone, remember? Yeah. Uh, the, is it Ever Crisis? Yeah, I that's right. They called? did have that announcement. Yeah. I think it was Ever Crisis. Yeah. But anyway, that's yeah. That's going mean, to be in a beta too. later this year. Yeah. And Great time. And it, you know what? We I don't even think we really touched upon it in the la- one of the last episodes we did. But Final Fantasy 16 is coming. It's just a great time to yeah. be a Final Fantasy fan right now. Yeah. Wow. 16 looks good, too. Yeah. Good. Just wow. Josh, what would you say, where where is your hype level at right now for Crisis Core? And where is your hype level at for Rebirth? Ooh, okay. Crisis Core is a 9 out of 10. I absolutely love the story of Crisis Core. I love how it set up the foundation. Because you don't really, I mean, at least for me personally, what I've experienced, what I've seen. I don't care for Zack as much if you're just going off Final Fantasy VII OG. Like, he's there, he but he's just a he's, prologue. He's basically character. just a character model yeah. in the game. And but then all this other stuff fills out his character and makes that such a like intense and emotionally heavy experience. So I love what Crisis Core did, focusing on that. It's like filling out and Darth Vader and Anakin. Yeah, and you literally get to see in that how him and Cloud meet for the first time, and it's just fucking cool because Cloud is kind of like this real rookie green guy, little brother. And Zach's, kind of yeah, and Zach's super experienced, and you get to see kind of the passing of the torch there. And it's just really sweet. It makes for this like whole experience of like when you guys are like travel trying to get to, um, oh my god, I'm, I'm I'm forgetting, I'm blanking on the name. I don't know right now. Uh, Midgar. Oh my god, when you're when you're traveling to Midgar, there's a whole there's a lot of Zach just trying to like hang in there, you know, boost him and stuff like that. So I, I really resonated with Zach and the, a sense of optimism and stuff. But um, so I'm just excited for that. I'm excited to see what they do, what stays the same. What may not be the different, uh, what may be different, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, you're calling it a remaster. It looks like a remake because you're uh, a PlayStation Portable game, and this is uh like mm-hmm. how many generations later? Let alone yeah. it's not a handheld game anymore. It seems like that, but are they calling it a, like their definition of a remake is in a lot of ways debatable in terms of what constitutes as a remake. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you know, you think it's not a to mention. Stuff. So yeah, I was just gonna say okay. like. At the same time, it's like, 
Are you calling this a remaster? Like it looks, let's just say it's a remake. Are you calling it a remaster because the story is literally tit for tat the same? Or are you just calling it a remaster for whatever, some other reason? But 9 out of 10 for me for that. And then Rebirth, probably about an 8 out of 10 simply because it's still far off. But I'm just really excited. I mean, that's the one I'm probably ultimately, ultimately looking forward to more. But I think I'm just on recency bias with Crisis Core, and I have an attachment yeah. with that one. And the fact that we're getting that is such a delightful treat because I could be wrong. I hope I'm not. But I thought Crisis Core was one of the games that got announced on the PS Plus Premium shit or whatever their new their version of Game Pass is. I thought mm. that was listed. Maybe it's not. But I thought that maybe the best we could hope for was a modern way to play it on consoles. You know? Yeah. Um, no, I mean over to you, but. Uh, very excited for both. I mean, they're definitely probably in my top five anticipated right now, for sure. Yeah, I would say um, I'm, I'm also like you at a 9 out of 10 for Crisis Core. The reason I say 9 out of 10 is because, like, the reason I'm not a 10 is because I'm super excited for it. Motherfucking 10. But just, just, just like the Intergrade Yuffie DLC, because it's like a halfway point or a stopgap before the next big one, Sure. I was okay with waiting to play Yuffie DLC. I played Yuffie DLC months after it came out. It wasn't something that I was waiting to download at midnight type deal. Mm-hmm. So I would go nine just because that's because I, I got a feeling when Crisis Core comes out, I'm going to have it day one, but it might be hours or a few days before I play it just because of being busy and whatnot. Sure. Um, whereas with, re, when Rebirth comes out, I'm playing it the second it's available, no doubt. Um, so I would give I would go nine out of ten for Crisis Core. And then actually for me, Josh, Rebirth, ten out of ten. It's hell yeah, dude. 10 out of 10. No, hell uh, yeah. Because I'm just trying to think of the last time because like – I'm trying to think of the last time I was this excited for a sequel because you guys listened to me talk about Infinite for years and I was never as as excited for Infinite as I am for Rebirth. Um, I could go back to, and I, I guess if I go back to like kind of more childhood ways, even though I was an adult still, I was more, my hype for Halo 5 was, was through the roof with that marketing campaign. So I would say this is probably, if I'm being fair, probably the most hyped I've been for a game since Halo 5. So, you know, that'll be uh, eight years uh, after Five came out that I'm. I, well, it's I funny because, like you said again. earlier, whenever they say the "please be excited," please look forward to this. Yeah, you're like, oh, yes, senpai. <laughs> you're like, you know, you yeah. just like you want to be excited. They have a way. Yeah, of, I remember Absolutely. when Twenty was coming, or I'm sorry, Seven Remake. Jesus, in 2020 was coming out. The promotional stuff for that was awesome. Brian, is there any yeah. chance this game? I mean, you know, you more or less by digital now, unless it's like Switch, to my understanding. Is there any chance if they announce some physical limited collector editions? Yeah, where you at? Glad you asked because I have had regret the last few days that I don't have the physical of the original. Yeah, and I don't. I'm guessing I couldn't get it without spending nigh five hundred dollars. Yeah. So uh, I do love they released seven seven discs of the soundtrack, which I listen to it on Spotify. But I mean, with my OCD, Josh. If I can't get the original seven remake special edition, I'm probably ain't gonna get the. <laughs> I get that though. I, I really I'm the same way. I'm, the I'm same not gonna way. be like, hey, look at my look at my trilogy. I got part two and part threes, but part one I don't. That's that's the space <laughs> on my shelf where it would I go if I didn't that. have it. Yeah. No. I uh, all right, Josh. What do you think? We call that an episode. That was fun. No. Yeah, dude. That was a that ton. Was fi- a ton of fun. Fire Aga, or however you say. Oh it. <laughs> man. Yeah, that, dude. That was fun as hell to do. I love Final Fantasy VII, man. I can't wait to see what's to come next. And damn. Fucking great timing, dude. Fucking great timing. It's amazing. One of the one of the best games franchises ever. Just in love kit. We wait. understand Guys, now. If you want to uh, monetarily support us, go to patreon.com slash sacred icon. Uh, for as low as a dollar, 
you can be shouted out on the podcast. There's other tiers there to even be on the podcast. Uh, if you want to leave us a voice clip or email, send that to sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow Josh, he is at Jedi Knight Joshy Hello. on Twitter. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Brian's Bane. If you want to follow Sacred Yay. Icon, we are at Sacred Icon Pod. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We appreciate you. We love you here at the Sacred Icon Podcast. And as always, keep it sacred. Da, 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 da.